I had to make a decision. I could either be hurt by that and give up on it. Or if I truly wanted this, you know, to say, okay, I'll take what you said and I'll do something with it. So. Hello, today I have with me John Morris from Chick-fil-A Golf Mill in Chicago, Illinois. I've known John for uh, almost two years now. I actually started coaching him before he, before his grand opening, but John has a lot of experience with Chick-fil-A. Actually, he was in the LDP program. He helped with the onboarding for Chick-fil-A operators. So a lot of people out there probably already know John. Looking forward to letting him tell his story. And the point of this recording, at the point of this recording, he was celebrating his one-year anniversary for his grand opening. So it's a special time for him, and I wanted to celebrate with that with him with this recording. Welcome to Build Your Culture Brand with Dr. Jay Rains. As leaders, you have the ability to design and lead culture intentionally. Hear from culture leaders who are moving from a values list to values lived. Hey, John, welcome to the Leaderscoop podcast. We're calling this Lead with a Question. So great to have you on the show. What's your podcast vibe? So you got the true crime. Is there another type of podcast you like to listen to? Yeah, I love the true crime stuff uh, because that just, it kind of just sucks me in and I want episode after episode after episode and it's a nice escape from some of the stresses of the day. Uh, So if I'm not sucked into the true crime, I love something that'll make me laugh. I enjoy comedy podcasts. There's a very popular one called Smartless with uh, Jason Bateman and Will Arnett and Sean Hayes and uh, they have a different celebrity guest each week and it's really, really funny. So I tend to listen to that on my way to or from work quite a bit. Also, a little bit more about you. I know currently you're, you're a Chick-fil-A operator there in Chicago, and uh, and we're celebrating right now, as we record this, we're celebrating your first year as an operator. So congratulations on, on achieving so that milestone in life. Yeah, absolutely. So it was, it was fun to be with you on your grand opening and got to see your team, and uh, there, we'll talk a little bit more about your team, but kind of going pre-operator how what was your journey kind of getting into chick-fil-a you know even deciding to become an operator i started with chick-fil-a all the way back in 2005 i was 16 years old and i worked for an operator in uh, pensacola florida named robert barnes who is still a fantastic operator today um so yeah i worked for robert my junior year of high school into my freshman year of college and while i was in college i left chick-fil-a and i did a couple of other things um and ended up, I majored in college. I went to the University of West Florida. I majored in English and I did a double minor in education and Spanish because I wanted to be a teacher, which I, I did end up doing when I graduated college. I started teaching sixth grade. So believe it or not, I was a sixth grade language arts teacher. I'm also a statistic of, I'm a statistic of new teachers who get out of it after two years of doing it. So, uh, I kind of knew in between my first and second year of teaching, I got married. And right when I started my second year of teaching, I knew this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. So it was my wife at that point who gently nudged me back into Chick-fil-A. And I came back to work for Robert just with kind of open hands. Like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Thought maybe I'd give Chick-fil-A a go and see what happens. And things just sort of took off from there. So I became his training director in the restaurant. Uh, That led to some cool opportunities with corporate where I worked part-time with corporate as a trainer, eventually leading to my wife and I moving to Atlanta 
in early 2014, and I joined the Chick-fil-A Support Center as corporate staff there in the training department. So while I was there, I helped lead new operator training, which was called, uh, at the time, it was called FRL, Fundamentals of Restaurant Leadership, and we redesigned it to just be fundamentals. But in those three years, I rubbed shoulders and helped train pretty much every new operator in the chain. And it was during that time I, I caught the bug myself. I, I decided, hey, I want to be a Chick-fil-A operator. Um, and to get there, my wife and I did Chick-fil-A's internal program, LDP, which is the Leadership Development Program. So we traveled around the country, did it for almost three full years, uh, you know, really growing myself and learning to lead the business. And eventually that resulted in um, us moving to Chicago. I had one more year where I worked for an operator in the city while I was still in the interview process with Chick-fil-A and then ended up getting selected for my restaurant in late 2020. So Good for I've done you. a little bit of everything. What it, You did it all and now, now you're here at Chick-fil-A operator. That's awesome. You got to the end of LDP and, and for some people, they, you know, they go right on into a, a Chick-fil-A and then that didn't work out that way for you. So there was a, what, what, tell us a, a little bit about that in between time and um, that commitment you made to Chicago. So how did you end up with a Chick-fil-A right after, you know, after that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you're absolutely right, Jay. I think I had kind of a misperception within the program that my story was going to play out. Like I had seen a lot of other folks stories where, you know, you do the program, you start interviewing with Chick-fil-A, you get selected for your restaurant. And then that selection determines your next step. And for me and my timeline, that just was not my story. Um, so I, toward the end of my time in the program, I had to make peace with the reality that I was going to have what I called like a chapter two after LDP. Um, I got some good feedback from Chick-fil-A, kind of some tough feedback about um, still some gaps that they saw with me and my, my candidacy. And I had to make a decision. I could either be hurt by that and give up on it, or if I truly wanted this, you know, to say, okay, I'll take what you said and I'll do something with it. So for Lindsay and I, we decided to, um, you know, move to where we wanted to be in business and where we wanted to live. And for us, that was Chicago. So um, we moved to Chicago and I came on to work for an operator here in the city that strategically was very different than me and could help me with some of these quote unquote gaps that, that I needed to close, particularly with business, business acumen and, um, strategic decision-making from a business lens and all that kind of stuff. So that's, that's what it looked like for us. And it really helped. I grew a ton. I worked for that operator for a year, uh, before I was selected for my restaurant. So what a great story. And, and I can see how that really showed commitment to that, to Chicago market and, you know, that that's where y'all wanted to be. So even before you, there were green dots that you were looking at or able to, to even apply for, you were already planning yourself there and showing a commitment to the market area because you're not, you're not, you're from Florida, right? So what a commitment to move to that new area. So good for you. Right. Yeah, we love it. It's, it's the best city in the U.S. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Yeah, I actually, my wife and I love Chicago, so. Yeah. Um, so here's another question just kind of to think about, you know, here you are a year long as a Chick-fil-A operator um, and, and you can reach back as far as you want to. But what are some ways that you manage stress? 
So it's probably, I can imagine, you know, starting out in business, it's, and, and as you and I've talked that there have been some stressful moments, but how do you cope with that pressure on a day-to-day or, or week-to-week basis? I think the biggest key for me, and, and I learned this the hard way, which we, we can get into, but the biggest key for me is to always keep the business in its proper place in terms of where it's prioritized in my heart and in my mind. Um, I care very deeply about my business. I, I want to be successful, but uh, I learned the hard way not to make Chick-fil-A my God, not to make the business my God. And so it, it starts there. Um, and if you have the right mindset about that, then you can layer in some other things that are what I call just having like some healthy rhythms that keep me grounded. So uh, it's a few things for me. It's uh, staying rooted in, in scripture, um, which I'm far from perfect in, but I find that that gives me proper perspective day to day to to manage the stresses and challenges that come. Um, I do counseling still. I I started that quite a few years ago when I went through a really hard time and the the frequency of my counseling appointments has gone down as I'm, you know, managing all of this a little bit better on my own, but I still do that monthly, which I I enjoy. And uh some other habits kind of came out of that too. I had a counselor that recommended um starting my day with some affirmations, just some reminders that um that keep me you know grounded so i just to show you guys i have i have them here i don't know if you can read them but this is my my prayer diary i I write in and yeah i have i'll just share a couple of these affirmations so i start my day with these a couple of them are scriptures so one of them this is the lord speaking in isaiah he says as i have purposed so it will be and as i have planned it so it will happen so you got things that feel like out of control. It, it's a great reminder for me, like, no, as God has purposed, so it will be, and as he has planned it, so it will happen. Um, there's another one I love that says, long before you face a problem, God already has a plan. Um, nothing has ever once surprised you, talking to the Lord, and nothing has ever made you flinch. Um, scripture, Another scripture from Isaiah, you will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace, for it is trusting in you. Um, so some, some of those are just, I mean, what a great way to start your day. Right. Um, and so I do that. Um, physical health is important to me. So, you know, staying on top of that and making that a regular part of my week keeps me mentally grounded. Is the Pelotons behind you there? Does it, does it hold closed really well? Or does, do you actually like you hopping on that thing? (laughs) So What's, what's funny is my, my wife uses the bike more. I really don't like to bike, but I still, I still use the Peloton app for other workouts. I do strength workouts and running workouts at my gym. Um, and they actually just came out with a great, um, with the new iPhone update, there's a great uh, widget that you can add to your lock screen that keeps a, a goal tracker for weekly workouts. So I oh, worked wow. out, today's Wednesday. Yeah, I worked out on Monday and I worked out this morning. So it's showing little check marks on those days. Um, and I really like that motivation. So yeah, uh, fit, fitness is important. And I, I would say lastly too, just, just having fun. Um, I, that's something I did not do a good job of for many years in, in this ditch that I fell into where, you know, the business became my God. Um, but yeah, taking some time out, going to have fun, um, 
like I said earlier, having something on the calendar to look forward to is really important and managing stress as well. We know, John, over the last couple of years, we've all, I hope, become a little bit more aware of of just the the emotional challenges of being in business and, and, and life itself. I mean, there's just been so much going on, but, and you've been very open about your story, you know, through LDP, just that moment in time where you really had to pull back and, and you said some things out loud that a lot of people I think would maybe try to keep to themselves and try to keep uh, secret or whatever. To, tell me a little bit about that. Why was it important to, to say it out loud? Why is it important to say it out loud now? Yeah, just for some some context, um, this happened right about at the halfway point in, in our time on the road. Um, I got to a point where I was really struggling with more than just like, oh, I'm stressed out. I mean, there were some physical and, and spiritual and emotional struggles I was going through um, with depression and anxiety um, that were affecting my everyday life and they were affecting my effectiveness, you know, in the business. So, um, yeah, I had to, um, I had to just be honest with people and say, Hey, I, I'm not well, like this is, I'm not in a good place. I need some time, um, to get better. And so, yeah, I took some medical leave for that while I was in the program and, um, started a lot of this work of things that, that I just talked about, you know, I started counseling for, for a time, I was on some antidepressants, and I, I don't take those anymore, but they were needed for a season in my life. Sure, yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it was something I really, I really struggled with the fear of what, what people will think of me. Um, because this is, you know, in, any, anywhere in business, when you're saying, hey, I want to be a CEO, I want to be an entrepreneur, um, you kind of want to present like a strong face to the world, you know, and in my sure. case, I'm interviewing to be a Chick-fil-A franchisee. Right. I'm wanting to present a strong face to, to Chick-fil-A. So I really worried about how will this affect people's perception of me? You know, will they think I can handle it? And, you know, I've talked to a lot of operators that have been open with me and have said, Hey, that's a ditch I fell into, you know, during my first year as an operator or my fifth year as an operator. Um, and I, I don't really think anyone's immune to it. Um, it just, I, I'm grateful in hindsight that I, I went through that when I did because it, it, I learned a lot and I think it helped me build a healthy foundation to navigate the complexities and the challenges of business. So um, I, I went into that initially very fearful. And then through my interview process, you know, I was able to confidently tell Chick-fil-A, I said, Hey, I, I don't think that situation should undermine your confidence in me as an operator. I, I would hope that it would bolster your confidence in me as an operator because I learned to put the business in its proper place and I learned how to lead myself well so I can be effective. So, well, obviously they, they saw that and they really did. I and mean, what a brave thing to do, how courageous that is to just say that out loud, but then also talk about the strategies you're using to, to not get there again or, or and to, like you said, do these daily affirmations and really work on how you're doing every day. So thank you for sharing that. And I hope it's an encouragement to somebody yeah. out there that may be in that ditch right now. Just find somebody for doesn't, sure. you know, you don't have to tell everybody, but tell somebody, talk to somebody about what's going on mm -hmm. in, in your life. Yeah, Good. absolutely. 
what has felt, especially in this first first year, what has felt like a failure maybe at the time that ended up propelling you forward? Yeah, for me, I think I think the clearest example I can think of that um, is losing some losing some quote unquote important people um, in my in my business within the first year. I when I was hiring for a grand opening, my strategy was to to go big, to, to overhire. Um, and quite frankly, when I had someone I interviewed that had leadership experience that I liked or potential for leadership, um, I hired them, you know, I, I didn't compromise on any of my, my values or, you know, what I thought of them, but I kind of stacked my deck with leaders and, um, out of the initial six that started with me, um, I have two of those people left. And so, you know, the other four left for various reasons. I had some go on good terms. I had a couple go on bad terms. I, I terminated one. Um, and in the moment, those definitely feel like, like failures. Um, you know, I, I question myself a lot, like, what did I do wrong? Like, is there something I could do differently? Um, but in each of those cases, I'll tell you, on the other side of it, I kind of felt like it was addition by subtraction, that there was something that got kind of like unlocked or a, a clog in the drain that got undone um, in terms of the quality of, of, you know, the operation or the culture in the room or what have you, or the, the ability for my other leaders to step forward who were really committed and wanted more responsibility. And so, yeah, I would say that um, losing some people that in the end, it was actually a good thing and, and helped propel us forward. Well, John, one of the things I love about your team, as I've been coaching you and getting to know your leaders too, um, is is this multicultural. I guess this part of Chicago is just really amazing how how there's so many different cultures that have kind of come into that part of town, and um, you know that you've had an opportunity to bring people from the nations, you know, the, the world to work on your team. And so I love that. I love how that's building kind of the culture that, that you have there at your location. So, um, yeah. so from that, maybe, you know, that international culture flavor, but also from the culture standpoint of, of the team that you're trying to build, what are some things that you want your team to feel when they're on the team at your location? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's true, Jay. We have, we have an incredibly diverse team. Um, I, I was going through our payroll list the other day and counting up some countries. And I think currently we have about 12 countries represented on our team. Wow. Um, quite a few different languages spoken across the restaurant. And it, it is one of the coolest things about our, our business. I think I love that aspect. Um, you know, from a, from a culture standpoint, that's been a big focus in this first year. Um, and I think it starts for me, even with our mission for the restaurant, you know, that I, I teach an orientation of my team and we go over it. It's really simple. Like our mission is just to be the beloved restaurant and workplace in the community. Um, so if you break that down, it's, I want, I want my guests to say, I love that Chick-fil-A. And I want my team to say, I love working there. Um, you know, and I, I think some of the ways we go about that are, um, I'm, I'm very big with my leaders on 
you know, your leadership is, it's like the hard skills of leadership, you know, the, the cash management and accounting, the drawers and the ordering truck and all these hard skills. But the other half is your, your people skills. It's not soft skills. I heard Simon Sinek say one time, like, I hate that phrase, soft skills. There's nothing soft about it, but it's your people skills. And I really try to work with my leaders a lot on developing that side of their leadership. Like, how are you, how are you speaking to your team? Like, how are you, how are you motivating them? Um, how are you making it a fun place to work um, day in and day out? Um, so that, that's been huge in our first year, I think, in trying to instill the culture and then celebrating too. You know, we introduced some core values to our team. Um, we use an acronym called COOPS with, with an H in it. So it's, it's care and kindness, ownership, others first, hustle, positive attitude, and striving for better. I love that. And those core values again. Yeah, thank you. It's it's an easy way to remember, I think, like chicken coop, but we had a little H in there. <laughs> and, um, you know, if you surveyed my team, they're probably not going to be able to recite them. Okay, okay. I'll, I think, I'll the, I think <laughs> yeah, hold off on that. But I think I think the important thing is that um, that we live them day in and day out and we we call them out when we see them. So we do a monthly employee of the month, but we call it we call it rock star of the month. And I started this on, at a restaurant in Florida, but I bought these like 80s hair metal wigs. We have a blonde one and a black one. So they look like they're from Def Leppard or Poison or something. But they have to wear that when we award them with Rockstar of the Month. And then they get an inflatable guitar uh, along with a gift card. So um, and we, we select those people based on like who who has really exemplified our core values in a, in a big way this last month. So all those things together, I think, kind of tie into what we call, you know, culture in the restaurant, trying to keep that strong. I love it. I, I want to see I haven't seen those pictures. I want to see those pictures. Do you do you put them on Instagram or are they just more internal? Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes we embarrass them publicly and we'll post it, you know, on our social media channels. But we um, yeah, we'll post it in our internal team communication app. And we also print it out and we have a wall in the break room with all of our, our rock stars from the last year. The wall of rock star fame. That's good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, John, one other question as we think about this is your first year and kind of come to that, you know, now you're looking at your second year, but for the, for the operator that's, that just got selected or is, is thinking about kind of getting into this, what would you say, um, would be a couple of piece of pieces of advice for someone who's about to start their first year as a Chick-fil-A operator. Yeah, that's a, that's a really great question. You know, I think my first piece of advice kind of depends on your background and where you're coming from. I am, I'm very proud of starting with an external operator. My home operator, Robert was in the furniture business before starting Chick-fil-A. Okay. And I have so much admiration for, um, for what he was able to do and what he still does in his business. Um, you know, I do think that a hurdle that can be especially tough for an external operator is just coming to grip, coming to grips with the reality of what this is going to require of you. Um, I, I honestly laugh when I talk to people who, you know, they may just be dipping their toes in the water, being interested in Chick-fil-A and they'll, they'll say something to the effect of, Oh, I've been wanting to invest in one of those, or I've been wanting to, you know, buy one of those. <laughs> and you just kind of scratch your head and think like, you don't get it. Like, this is not, 
this is not something you invest in. It's not something you buy. Um, there's a reason we're called an operator. Um, and it, it takes so much time, so much in energy, so much grit, um, determination, and it, it's just a ton of pressure. And so, you know, for someone starting their first year, I think that kind of sounds like bad news bears, but it's sort of just like, know what you're getting into and be prepared to live there for a while. No, no operator is exempt from that uh, as you're starting out in business and you, you want to elevate, you know, in a smart way and, and begin to work on the business. But there, there is a season for everybody. Um, and those seasons even come around where you have to, you have to work in your business and you have to be there. Um, and for new operators, you have to be there for long days and long hours. So, you know, to be ready for that, I would, I would say is my first piece of advice. Um, you know, secondly, I would, I would encourage people, um, to, you know, like take some of the pressure off yourself. I had talked previously about how I measure success. Um, and I think if you're wired for excellence or if you are an external to Chick-fil-A, just getting into it, either way, you kind of have this like, oh my gosh, I got to, I got to make Chick-fil-A proud. Like I got to get this thing to be like the capital C Chick-fil-A that everybody knows. And it takes time. Like your drive through is going to be slow. Like you're going to have food quality issues. Like the team's still learning what color bags, the nuggets come in, you know, like <laughs> three to four weeks in business. So, um, yeah. you just, you have to take some pressure off yourself and understand like it, it's going to be okay. Like we're, we're not going to be perfect right out of the gate. I I'd give that piece of advice too. Um, and I, I guess lastly, I would say when it comes to the best and most difficult part of this business, which is people, um, do your best to build a solid culture and make it a great place to work. Um, but don't be surprised or take it personal when you have turnover. Um, we've been, we've been really fortunate. I, you know, I, I count it as success for myself that we're, we're a year in business and we still have around 40 of our original hundred who were on the team. Um, and so that's great, but I, I never want to rest on my laurels there. I mean, I had, I had a high schooler that we, we really love and she's been with us a year. She put in her notice yesterday and wants to go work somewhere else. And, and, you know, I, I'm trying not to take that stuff personally still, but, um, I think you just have to understand that's the industry we're in. Um, you do your best, but no, like people are going to move on and, and do some different things. So that's good. Good advice. You know, uh, you were meant, you were talking the first part of that, you were talking about how there is this expectation because the way Chick-fil-A set up, the way the operator agreement is set up, you're not, you're not buying a bunch of Chick-fil-A's and then just sitting back as an, as an investor. Truett Cathy, his original idea was an owner operator is in the business and he's got to make the most out of the one opportunity He's given, in fact, I don't, I don't know that Truett ever really necessarily wanted it to go beyond one location or, or for sure two or three. And and he didn't, he didn't, he came around to the idea, but the heart of it, he still, he still, um, you know, wants that engaged operator in the restaurant. Right. And so 
I think that's such a, a powerful thing. That's probably why Chick-fil-A is the brand that it is, partly is because, uh, you know, not just because food's great or, or whatever, but the, the people really need that investment and they need that top leader, the owner, showing investment and being there for them and building that culture. So in so many ways, you're you're not only the CEO, you're really the chief culture officer for your team. And and I've seen you yeah. do that. And you you do that with excellence, John. Thanks. I appreciate that. But side note, uh one of one of my operator friends, I was talking to him, I mentioned that I was doing this recording and he said, you know, did did you know that uh he's a former like rock star, like a like a he has an album. I mean he he's like a music guy. And he saw you, I guess, in a you were doing a little concert somewhere and just happened to see you there. So I, I actually Googled your name and found your former album. So kudos to you. you You're go. also a former pop star. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was a brief time in my life where I tried to see if I could make a living making music and <laughs> that didn't work, but I did along the way, uh, you know, I had recorded some home studio albums with my friend's equipment for quite a few years. And then I, I did a full-fledged professional album in Nashville, had a producer, all the studio musicians, the whole thing. And uh, it was awesome. So that that came out about 10 years ago now in 2012 and uh, just a little five-song EP. Um, it's no longer on streaming, but I have hundreds of compact discs in my closet <laughs> for anybody who ever wants a copy, just email me. <laughs> Put them on, uh, put them on Amazon, put them on eBay. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, John, we're, we're going to put this out there for the world. I, I hope it's an encouragement to other people. Thanks for being vulnerable and also for giving some great advice about just the whole, the LDP journey, the, that first year as an operator journey. And then this culture piece about how do we build a team that, that is unique. I mean, you've got great operators right around you, but yet your culture is is always, it's just going to be different. Every location just seems to have its own different flavor, different ways. So thanks for sharing about all that with us and um, looking forward to, so this is one of our early recordings. I told, I told you, I said, when I get good at this, I want to have you back. And so we'll, we'll have to do this again and revisit when you're further down the road. So thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. My pleasure, Jay. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Build Your Culture Brand with Dr. Jay Raines. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Visit our website at buildyourculturebrand.com for our free culture brand assessment. See you next time. We would like to note that LeadersQ serves individual owner-operators and their teams and is not affiliated, endorsed by, or in any way officially connected with Chick-fil-A Incorporated.